We read about the martyrs for Christ in Revelation 6, verses 9 to 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer, until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. Welcome to Souls Under the Altar a program that reviews the stories of God's persecuted from the past and the present. Your host for this program is Etienne McClintock. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining us on the program again today. I'm delighted to have your company, and I have in the studio with me a special guest which we had in the program last week. His name is David Donation, and he works for Voice of the Martyrs in Australia. Now, last week's testimony, if you heard that, if you can't, you can go and listen to it on demand on our website at 3abnaustralia.org.au, and you can just click on the Listen button, and then below our live streaming, below the there's a whole bunch of programs you can listen to. If you click on the souls under the altar button, you'll be able to find part one. So you're welcome to listen to that. But just to recap, David works for Voice of the Martyrs. He's been there for eight years and he got a job with them six months after he arrived in Australia. Now, David was born in a country called Iran, Was grew up speaking Persian. And he was uh, brought up as part of a Muslim family and a practicing Muslim, prayed five, five times a day, read the Quran, studied that. And that was what he did in his family. And that was expected. But somehow the Lord was speaking to him even at that time. And he started questioning whether this is the right religion or not and why he is a Muslim. Is it just because of his family or is this really the, the true God that he's serving? And so with these questions, he finally bumped into an old friend of his. You know, they were talking backwards and forwards. And this friend turned out to have converted to Christianity, and he became a Christian. And then also, while he was a Christian, he ended up meeting his wife. His wife is also a Christian. She was a Christian lady. And uh, when his family met her, they thought she'd converted from Christianity to Islam. But the truth of the matter was, that David had converted from Islam to Christianity. And uh, then they were at a Bible study, if you remember the program last week. And while they're at this Bible study, which is obviously a underground church meeting, they'd read their Bibles, they're busy praying, they hear a commotion outside, and the next minute in the room amongst them while they're busy praying, these people come in with guns. And this happens to be the Iranian secret police who particularly focus on religious um, issues within Iran, trying to catch people with Bibles, trying to catch people who are practicing Christianity, or especially those who are in most danger, those who have converted from Islam to Christianity because they classed as infidels. So, David, welcome to the program. I hope I've summarized that, that story fairly well so far. Thank you so much. Everything fine. Everything okay, 100% good, good. So, correct. <laughs> okay, so pick up the story from there. Tell us a little bit more about your story. So you're at this Bible study at the moment, and you, you're, your prayers are disrupted. You open your eyes, and there are men with guns. Yeah, we find ourselves someone standing back of us with a gun. Mm. Uh, everybody just shocked. How can they come inside the home without any permission? They just came inside without any permission. They arrested us and took us, all of us, to the police station. Yes. So 
We went to the police station with them. They're starting to one by one, each of us, to asking the question. So they're interrogating each of you individually. Yeah, all mm. over us to get in all the information from us. What was our name or what we're doing there and who's the leader of us or uh, how many years you're doing these things or there's any people that joining you or, or most of the information that, you know, from us. They write all of them and then after writing, they uh, they said, you have to sign this one mm. or we just give them an information, normal information, not everything. But yes. So it, it's 100% integrating to what is happening because they know some of the things, mm. but they want to find more what's going on with the especially with the underground churches. It's growing oh, or not. They okay. wanted to find... So they want some intel so they can go and find and discover other churches. Exactly. Mm. To How can they deal with this situation? It's a really bad situation for them. If the, sure. Most of the, as, as we said all the time, MBB people, Muslim background people, change into the Christianity. It's a big, big, big mess for them mm. as a government. Right. So... After many, many questions from each of us, I think we spent nearly four or five hours in a police station. Mm. They let us to go. Oh, because they released you. They now, released us, yes. Was there a connection with your group, your underground church, this home church of yours? Was, were you connected to any other underground churches, or were they all done in isolation and very secretly? No, we talked to our friend because there is lots of more, like, as much as I know, six or seven underground churches, we always just just we attending all the time with okay, the so other friends as well. You move we around some around. of those different churches yeah, okay. because every time we just meeting each other every week, we we just heard him from some of the other friend. They arrest some of the people. They do something else to the other church. They close the other church, or we get in the information from each other ah, what's going so on this around us. Ongoing boss. harassment by the exactly, government of exactly. your religious freedom, ongoing God-given yeah. right to worship. Exactly. Yeah. So we can find the information from each other to be more careful than before, mm. because they're always forcing all the time and all the time to get to the underground churches, arresting the people and. Do whatever they want. Do they even use infiltrators sometimes? You know, do you have to be careful with that? Exactly. We have to be careful with that one as well. Mm. Wow. So they release us after the six, seven hours interrogating, but we thought this is not a 100% truth. Mm. We find after that somebody watching us all the time. Are you married at this stage? Yeah, I'm okay, married. married. So you and yeah. your wife are at these meetings? Both of them. We work in the shop. And we can just all the time saw the car staying a little bit far from the shop and watching us for five, six hours a day. Wow. And then sometimes they're following us when we're going, uh, closing the shop and going home. Mm. So the government's put a tail on you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Ah. So after that time, we're just careful to go into the church. Mm. We, we can't go to the church, but we don't want to put it in a, in a harm situation the other people. Okay. To get arrest or something, we just stop to not going to the church for a while. Okay, so you and just then, practice your religion at home? Yeah, at home. Yes. At home. And sometimes they can come to our home as a guest or friend or friend to be a normal friend, like visiting the friend or something, okay. but we can do that. Sure. 
you know, Bible study and uh, in our home. So you still have your Bibles? Yeah, exactly. Mm. We never leave the Bible. It was carrying all the time as a shield for us, uh-huh. okay. all the time. Yes. So one day when we closed in the shop and we wanted to go home, we went to the home to start having dinner. It's 10, 10.30, late time in the night. Mm. Somebody knocked our door on apartment door, and I just went there. I saw the uh, four men. I think four men, one, one woman. Hmm. They, are, they just show me the uh, unidentified card for the intelligence service. Or intelligence something. service. Yeah. Okay. And then they said, we wanted to come inside, talk to you hmm. and to your wife. I said, what is the reason? Do you have any permission to come or what is the reason? They said, no, we just wanted to ask some question. Hmm. And they not show me anything. But when I just stay a little bit harder, and I said, no, you can't come without the permission. They just push me through to the door, and then they come inside the apartment. Mm. So they came inside the apartment. They start without telling anything or asking anything to investigate inside the home. Okay, so they're searching your house now. Searching the house. They start from the living area, go to the bedroom, kitchen, everywhere. Mm. But unfortunately, they found some evidence okay. against us, like my certificate for the baptize. Oh, your baptismal certificate. Exactly. My baptism certificate, they found some of the picture we took it in a, a baptism time mm. with the friend, pastor, everything. They found Bible. I had a, maybe 50, 60 Bible in home. 50, to 60 just, Bibles? Yeah, just uh, giving to the new friend when we're talking and Okay, so when, you, when, you Jesus. Convert, when people want to talk about the Lord or yeah. meet the Lord for the first exactly. time, they have a Bible, Espe- you were Exactly, you were especially when I'm talking to my Muslim friend mm. and introduce him to the Lord and talk to them about the Lord. I just give the uh, Bible as a gift from mm. the Lord to them to talk about, to read about it and think right. about it. So they find 50, 60 Bible as well in home. Wow. Okay. So quite damning evidence as far as they were exactly. concerned. Exactly. They yeah. found what they wanted. Exactly. Yes. They, mm. they took all of them and they make the case for us. Oh, so you get taken to court now? They must, to okay. court, exactly. So after the night, immediately in the morning, 9.30, they call us. You have to come to the court because mm. you have a case. So the next morning, straight away? They, next morning. They don't waste any time in Iran, no, do they? No, never. Straight away. They never listen time for these things. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, all the time. And then we didn't have chance to talk to them, answer them, what's happening, what's going on. They said, you have to come straight to the court. This is a court, and they give us information of the court. We don't have any chance. Mm. So me and my wife just sitting together, talking together, said, we don't have chance. Let's pray first, trust in the Lord, Yes. go ahead and see what's going on. Mm. Because we had a background questioning or everything when we was arrested to the underground church. We went there, sitting there for nearly two, three hours. They just wanted to make a little bit hard for us Mm. before starting in the investigating and questioning. So we went there. We just in the really calm and fine, talking to each other, praying. And then times come for us to go and see the judge. Mm. We went inside the court. There's a judge sitting there. 
Usually, when you have the case the same as us, because it's a religious case, most of the time there is an imam or mullah okay. as a judge sitting there for the religious. Right. But because of the praying, I'm just believing hardly to the Lord to help us. Mm. Because of help of the Lord, because of the willing of the Lord, in that time, the man has to be our judge as a mullah. He got something. I think he's sick. Okay, so he's not there that he's day. He's not there, so yes. You, you only really have the civil judge there. You don't have the religious leader exactly. there to be we, part of the case. We had normal judge. Normal judge, right. Yeah, we went there. He's an old wise guy. He's a really nice man. And then... I don't know. We, we we always having the information when we having the a Bible study from some friend. Some of the people they converting from the Muslimity to Christianity, mm. but some of the friend give us the information they working in the government. Okay, we so people guessing, are converted, but they still practice what they look like. They still exactly Muslims. because of this happened. Um, I wanted to tell the future, and okay. then we are guessing maybe one of the person. They convert from Muslimity, but working inside the government, they don't want to lose their, uh, you know, position to helping the people. Okay. Is so they will work from God. within the government to help Christians when exactly, the Exactly, because they're Christian. They believe okay. it. And you're thinking this judge might be one I'm of them. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay. because the situation, when we went there, talked to the judge, he started asking us. Uh, he First of all, he tried to... Give us a little bit of information of the case. You are a Muslim, especially with me. Start with me and especially told to me, uh, you are a Muslim, convert to the Christianity. This is the biggest thing you can do in a uh, Muslim country or something. I started talking. And then we came to the point, uh, he started talking to Natasha, my wife, and asking her, What's happening with you? And then why are you married to the Muslim person? You are, if you are not changing your uh, religious from the Christianity to Muslim, this is a sin. All of these things and uh, just giving the information about the case. Mm-hmm. So for you to convert from Islam to Christianity is death penalty. Exactly. And as as a Sharia law, it's a death. Law. Okay. But and for, for your wife not, to marry a Muslim and not convert? Not converting from the Christianity to the Muslim, yeah. it's a sin. Sin as well. Okay. So what's the penalty there? Imprisonment? Prison okay. for the 20 years. 20 years. 20 wow. years, 15 years. It depends on the judge. Because okay. it's a Sharia law. You can't say certainly this one, but 100% jail. Okay. So he started to uh, just uh, give us the information about the case and everything. We find he's talking to us really good, not mm. the same as the judge. Because the judge, when you starting talking to you all the time, is uh, talking different way mm. to just make you a sin, make you a, uh, you are doing the big sin. So he was talking to you when he's talking to you as a judge. He spoke to you differently, but then he takes you aside. Exactly. Okay, so you're in his chambers. You know, you're not in front of all the court. It's just you and the just, judge talking, yeah, exactly. and he's sharing the stuff, and he's talking to you nicely. Exactly. Because okay. we, uh, before we start to talking to him, he just asked the secretary to leave the room, and just three of us in the room. Okay. Not anybody else. So talk to us. He talked to us really good and fine, and he said to us, "This is a case. If I'm a judge, or I know the rule in here, when they judging you." After the finishing all the judgment, they give you a sentence with the 
hanging or this for David and for Natasha sentenced in the jail. Mm. So this is a case. But I'm not going to finish your case to give you a time okay. to think about everything. Okay. So he just opened our case and put it in the uh, uh, class, and then he said, okay, I'm just going to finish in the writing and doing everything in your case, but I give you three days, four days time. After three, four days, you can get the, all the information and what is the judgment for you, and then you have to do what, what, what you need to do. Okay. And he said, okay, in these two, three days, you have to think about everything. Mm. Your safety, your life, your family, and everything. But he told the truth to us. If, if he's not there and the mullah is there as a judge, he can give us the immediately the sentence. Immediately. So they'll execute you immediately. Immediately. Wow. So this is a God willing for us, an answer of our prayer, someone sitting there to give us a little bit time to... to give you a few days. Exactly, mm. to think about it and what we have to do yes. to get out of this situation. We just thankful for the, these things, and then we came back to the home. We have to wait for three, two, three four days to get the, all the information from the court and see mm. what's going on. And then... In this period, we talk to each other. What we have to do? What can we do? If we know the sentence, we know what's going on in the future, so we have to do something about it. We start to pray every day, every time, about the situation, and we decide to leave the country. Okay. We have to leave the country because it's not safe for us to stay there. If we, if we wanted to stay, they can arrest us. Not us are going to the jail mm. and I have to go to be executed. executed. Yes. Yeah. So this so, is now still during those few days before the final sentence. Before final sentence. Okay. Yeah. So we decide to leave the country. Mm. We just collect as much as we can, put it inside the two suitcase. Not everything, just the normal things. Mm. And then close the shop. We can take everything. We don't have too much cash in the bank or something. We got as much as we can. Uh, Day after, because they're watching us, we can't go to the uh, agency and buy the ticket or something for us. We yeah. just ask one of our friends to buy a ticket for us and meet us nearby the airport to mm. give us a ticket. We can go. So we arranged this once. He got the ticket for us. He called us and said, I got the ticket. We went nearby the uh, airport, meet them, mm. got the ticket, and then leave the, uh, leave the country to the Turkey. Okay, so you get on the plane and you get to Turkey and you get out of the country safely. Out of the country safely. Wow. Because they're they not locking everything. The biggest help the judge did for us, the guy, not locking everything because we can just go from the country. Okay, so he could have frozen your ability to travel by passport and all exactly. that and he left it open. Exactly, safely. So really a godsend and, it, pro- and possibly even a Christian man. Exactly. This mm. is this is what the reason I just before uh, starting the conversation, I told you about the information about the people they converting and they stay in the position in the government to help the co- uh, Christian people. Yes, yes. Yeah, we believe in one of the person mm. is that guy. Okay. Now you were also saying uh, before the interview that uh, you guys were very poorly treated by the police. They beat yep. you and yep. whipped they, you and. Uh, I. I be, uh, I think two, three days before, hmm. when we they just watching us, one day before 
two days before or three days before. Uh, when they came to our home, get the evidence or something, they, they, they are really harmed with us because I just stay against them and said, why are you coming inside the home and then doing this thing? You don't have any per- permission or something. Yes. They came inside. They beat us really badly, mm. treat us really badly, even Natasha. Mm. So we can't do anything about it. We can't so, do anything so, but about this it. Is really, this shouldn't be legal. There should be no rights for other people to beat other people and treat them badly. You say even they're using electric cords and beating you with electric exactly. cords. Exactly. It's, it's not legal. It's yeah. not legal because... Uh, after you go into the uh, court, they give you something. They can do it, hmm. but not before going to the court, before seeing the judge, nothing. It's not legal, but they can do whatever they want. Hmm. They can do whatever they want. Nobody yes. can go answer them or question it. Why, why are you doing this? Hmm. So you're Christians and they're trying to humble you and, and, and beat you badly and just exactly. take this, all your rights away yeah, from you. Yeah, this is a situation not for us, for most of the Christians in Iran. Mm. Most of them, they can, they can beat them immediately when they arresting. Nobody going to and do you've anything. Got no rights. Exactly. You this can't lay a complaint. No one will listen. Nothing. Nothing. This is a reality. Mm. Even now, lots of the Christian people in the jail. Nobody going to say what's going on. Why I'm in the jail? Yes. Just just for changing my religions. Mm. How many years I have to stay? Five years, ten years, twenty years. Nobody knows. Mm. And this is why the work of the Voice of the Martyrs is so important, to bring some of these stories to the fore so people exactly. are aware of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Because these are closed countries in many ways because the news doesn't get out of these things. Exactly. Unless, it's a close. Yeah, that's right. So you end up in Turkey. Yes. How was life in Turkey? Because you told me you were in Turkey for three years. Yeah, we was living there for three years as a refugees. refugee. Mm. I guess it, it's a different country from our country. We didn't know the language. We mm. didn't know the culture of the people. We didn't know anything about the country. We just, because of safety of our life, we have to leave it. There's no choice for us. If, mm. if there is any choices, we can choose the other one. But really, there is no choices between the life and death. Yes. So we lived with the God willing, with the praying and with, in the God, with the uh, trust in the God, leave our country to the Turkey. After we arrive into the Turkey, because we don't know anything about the Turkey, we just had some friend in Iran, they have contact in Turkey mm. to give us a little bit information, what we have to do there and finding the safe home, if they can, mm. for us. We went there in Turkey. First of all, we have to go to United Nations to mm. uh, yeah, as a refugee, we have to go there and register our name or everything okay. to, to so go get, to the get, process. Right. Yeah, we went there after the processing and everything. Uh, with the help of some of the Christian people in Turkey, we finally got the home for a period of time, and then we have to move from the uh, city to the other villages for, because of the safety. Okay. Yeah, they sent us in the small villages for three years. We have to live there. But as a refugee, we can't work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any income. So and are you being provided for? United Nations giving you food? Are no, nothing. You United Nations not giving you anything. So you can't from, work and there's no way to buy any food. So how do you live? You have to, leave, you have to work illegally there. Okay. And there's many people? Many people. There's the same one. Okay. 
But if you work there, you are not safe. Anything happening to you, you don't have any insurance, you don't have anything. Even when you work in, you may get paid, you may not. Okay, so you worked at times and didn't get paid? I worked quite a few times but didn't pay. Wow. So yeah. just take advantage of you. Taking advantage, yeah. And, and you can't if you get go. sick, you can't get any medicals? Nothing, no. nothing, nothing. You can't get nothing. Mm. They always say, but you can't get nothing. And then you can't go compel, complain to the police or something because you are you don't have you don't have permission to work. You don't have rights. Yeah. yeah. So how do you get out of the situation? I know Voice of the Martyr somehow steps in. Exactly. After after uh, six months or year, uh, they heard our uh, story from true to my friend. My friend uh, helped me to convert from. Muslim okay, to Christianity, you're, you're, you're Christian yeah, friend, yes. because he lived the country before us, two years before us, heading to the Can- uh, Canada. He's a pastor there. Oh. Yeah, he he heard our story, and he talked to some of the connection he had uh, through to the voice of the martyrs. Hmm. So they they find all the information from us. One of the I think one of my colleagues, I can say, from Voice of the Martyrs, they came to Turkey to meet us and find the situation from us, what's going on, so what's doing. So they came to doing. document your story, what's happening, exactly, and then yeah. they started helping you. It's starting to help us. We, we need, immediately, we need a little bit help with the medical center or something. Because you needed the medic- medical attention? Medical and attention, yeah, because we beat on lash. It's a little bit harm situation for both of us, um, especially for Natasha. Hmm. So they help us with the medical. They give us uh, money to go spend to do the, all the tests. My back is really in a bad situation. So you still got scars and things from what, what happened? In yeah, we got in that time, same, all the scars or everything from that time. Mm. They lash us and then all the happening. Yes. So... Sure, and there's a lot that obviously happened that you haven't told us. Yeah, I can. I, can I can't. <laughs> sure, I understand. I can. Yeah. Yes, but uh, with the God willing, they start to help us to do all the process, mm. find the safe home, and starting living little bit better than the start. So we have to. One of the things we have to learn in there is just language because okay. we don't know the language of the Turkish people. Without the language is, I can say, 100% not possible to work mm. or do lots of the things in the country. And some of the caseworkers in there with the through through the United Nations, they are uh, Turkish people. Okay. Well, look, that's unfortunately all that we have time for, but I understand from your story that through the Voice of the Martyrs you were able then to find refugee status in Australia. Is that yep. right? Yep. And Voice of the Martyrs were able to help help us bring you, bring you across here. And after you arrived here, after six months, you were able to find work with Voice of the Martyrs Australia. Exactly. So, dear listener, thank you for joining us today. And I want to thank my special guest in the studio, David Donation, for sharing his testimony the difficulty he's gone through. And we praise God that you're in a country where there's religious freedom and you can practice that. But for stories similar to David's from right around the world, you can visit Voice of the Martyrs website. It's vom.com.au. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you until we meet again.
Thank you for joining us on Souls Under the Altar. If you'd like more information about today's program or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you.